You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fight in. Episode 32, Season 6 of the Fighting Cop Podcast. Today I'm with Felonious Filth. Hello. And we got Anthony. We got Bardi. We got Bardi. Yep. Sorry. Government, government names on the podcast. Should man. Do you want me to start again? No, you've said it before. It's, been out, it's <laughs> out there. It's out there. No, the but it may be your enemy writing it down this time. It's alright. All right. I don't I have, have enemies. No, that's true. Um, um, although. After the weekend, you could have made enemies and not not realised it. And not remember. I remember the live show finishing, and I remember having a chat outside. You were in a hotel or something. You were yeah, Hoxton Hotel. Hoxton Hotel. And then I don't remember anything other than realising I haven't got my phone. And then my next memory is it's <laughs> half past one in the morning, and I'm in Morden. <laughs> For those that don't know, how far is Morden from where you live? Fucking miles away. <laughs> it's the opposite end of the Northern Line. But the thing is, I don't know how I got to Morden. I have a funny feeling that I went all the way to Edgeway, 
stayed sleeping at Edgewood and went all the way back down to Morden mm. and then had to do it. So I did the entire Northern line twice. <laughs> <laughs> but you was completely asleep? Completely asleep. Well, that's a depressing train line as well. Fast. Yeah, it's well, bleak. It's great if you're asleep, but didn't even notice it. So did you get to Morden and fall asleep again? Yeah, so I got to, I got to Morden. I, I thought I was in Edgware. I stepped out and I was like, fuck, I'm in Morden. <laughs> 20 minutes until the next tube or something. Oh. Got back on, freezing cold, closed my eyes, and then... Because um, Morden's outdoors. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been to Morden before? No, life? never, I'm not going back. <laughs> and then I woke up in Edgware, which was past my stop again. So. Oh, mate. Um, yeah. sake. I mean, you had jet lag. You just arrived, pretty much arrived from Washington. I arrived that morning, half past six that morning from Washington. <laughs> you did well, mate. Fuck. I have to say a big shout out to um, Raphael for finding my phone. Yeah, absolutely. Good luck. T, uh, you're not feeling great today. No, that bad. After the live show, I can't remember anything. Literally nothing at all? Pretty much nothing, no. Um, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think back now. Um, because I've seen a couple of Snapchats and videos, I I know I went to a, a bar after after the event, but I don't remember anything. You had trouble getting home as well, didn't you? Yeah, I went to the wrong house. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, did, was, did someone answer the door? Well, when I said the wrong house, it wasn't a random house, it was my girlfriend's house. Oh, OK. I was You're supposed to go home, but you yeah. went to your missus' house. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, so, um, yeah, cause the door was locked, so I had to get an Uber to my house. And Uber took the scenic route to my house, so yeah. um, got charged a bit more. Oh, did you fall asleep in the cab? Um, I was half awake, but I was too spangled to like correct him. Yeah, yeah. I um, I I, I was fine. I, I, just, <laughs> I, I, I was drinking till about two in the morning, and just got a cab home. It took about fifteen minutes. Sake. And I went to bed. <laughs> I got it tactically wrong. Yeah, black like Postino. Ah, well, uh, yeah. I remember T started drinking the whiskey uh, really early. Yeah, and it's about was, half, half, half two or something. Yeah, and I thought I just joined him. I just went with him and then couldn't, shouldn't have. It was a great day, a great party atmosphere. And, and I mean, we appreciate the fact that it was so soon after the, 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 the show before, but because of BT Sport, there's very few opportunities we've got to get this, to do it, essentially. And it was yeah. so much fun the time before. Saturday was great fun, great crowd, people were very friendly again, had a great time. You know, up until the up until the game, well, yeah. where we played terrible again, in the same way we played Man, Man City. Spurs shout tw- on Twitter. He says two uh, two poor Spurs performances over two live shows. Explain, <laughs> fucking gods hate us. That's what it is. <laughs> well, um, when we first did eighteen eighty two, we didn't win a game for ages. I think yeah. it might have been about five or six games before we won. So. I think the moral of that story is that we're going to keep doing that until we win the game. Yeah. But we don't beat big teams away, so... Yeah. I thought it was really nice. I thought um, Tom Mitchell, Mitchell Thomas, the, little, the band, were great. Yeah. It was a nice little sing-song. Yeah. Um, I wasn't too sure about the bit where we had to sing Can't Smile Without You and I was on stage. It felt like a bit like karaoke. I, I, I've got nervous. What happened? Why did that happen? Why did we all suddenly stand up? I, I, I stood up. Oh, yeah, but you was pissed, so you thought, yeah... <laughs> Yeah. It was funny though, everyone was singing and it was yeah. it was a good laugh. It, it looked good fun. And also Matt Gottschall was good to hear from him. Yeah, Olympic as people have listened to a podcast before, Olympic gold winning rubber was there, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um I think that I mean that was fine. The singing the come come so can't smile about you. Yeah, I think it showed that we don't take it too seriously. That was good fun. It was, it was good fun all around. Um, I still shit myself completely. I was more scared this time than I was the first time. Really? I don't know why. I just couldn't. I, that that moment where we have to walk out is terrifying to me. It is It's weird. horrible. Um, 
Yeah, all right, whatever. Look, so yeah, it was great fun. We will be doing it again at some point. Um, depends on lots of things, but we'll let you know in good time. And uh, I think we had so much fun doing it that it's going to be a regular thing in over the next year or so. But we'll see. We'll let you know. We'll keep you in the loop. Um, yeah, let's talk about the Liverpool game. Uh, we got a question from Bazra on Twitter. He says, uh, why does a defeat versus Liverpool at Anfield without two of our four at the back for change us from title challenges to sixth? I mean... Well, it's just going back to the whole kind of thing of making predictions and reacting to one result. Mm. It doesn't stop us from being title challenges. It, it was a setback and it was an opportunity to make a statement, but... Um, doesn't change anything. Doesn't mean we're a shit team all of a sudden. No, of course not. I think the main problem was the the, the issue on that left hand side. We highlighted it last week about Mane posing problems for Ben Davies. Well, after the home game last um, earlier on in the season, Danny Rose said that Mane gave him a headache. I don't know if you remember those post match comments from Rose. Yeah. And um, if that's giving Danny Rose a headache, then Ben Davies had little opportunity. And I think he was kind of left left out to dry to be honest he had no kind of protection he was badly exposed and I think last week somebody said on the pod about we should maybe have tried to sit back and yeah, try to me. soak well, you have to be pragmatic um, I, don't, I don't think fighting five with five is ever really going to end well when you've got a fairly we've got a slowish back four um, I think Mane had an identical chance a couple more times in the game there's one over the top you know across, across our back line and um, no, I just think it's just, just a bad night at the office for, for Ben Davis. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, it, did it? I mean, how much of our, how much of it was it that he had a bad game, and how much was it that we missed Rose? And I guess the third part of that question is how crucial is Rose to the way we play? I think a lot of it had to do with Liverpool because Liverpool they almost kind of like gave up midfield and gave up trying to control the game. It was like um, it, this was proper Klopp kind of like gag and press heavy metal football where they they decided they gave up control of the football to try and just press us into errors and all their goals all their opportunities came from them creating havoc. It was almost like they just went long all the time, forced us to turn around and build up again from the back, and then they just pressed us. Mane, Coutinho, Firmino, they kept really high, and. Um, Dembele and Wanyama were bypassed the whole time. It's not even that they could get a foothold in the game. It just went straight from defence, pressing our, pressing our back four. Mm. It was frustrating. We didn't, as I said last week on the pod, we didn't even have to win the game. Just be a bit pragmatic, sit back a bit, and soak up a bit of pressure, and just take the, take the sting out of the game. Because yeah. if, if, if it's half-time and it's still nil-nil, then you know, they're, they're, they're frustrated, you know? But we let them, we gave them something to hold on to. And Son missing that great chance at 2-0. You know, if he, if he buries that, then doubts start creeping into their game. Mm. But as it was, they were quite... They, were, they had a two-goal cushion. They were quite happy just to sit back and then just wait for opportunities. I think, the, um, I think to be fair, the, the games before this were Sunderland away and Middlesbrough at home. And we didn't play well in either of those games, really. So maybe today was kind of coming to a degree. Um, having Rose and Vertonghen is always going to hurt us... Um, I think maybe we could have maybe put um, Alderweireld on Davis's side to help him a bit more. Mm. Maybe having Dyer there with him on the left-hand side of the centre-backs, maybe that didn't help him too much. But they're both at the a disadvantage because they're not left-footed, so you're, no, you're almost un- turning the unnatural way, but Alderweireld's probably better at coping with that than Yeah, because Walker, Walker's good enough to hold his own on his side, to just mm. put Dyer on his side. But then if you put Alderweireld there, you've got your best defender 
wouldn't it be better to have your best defender in his best position than your best defender in a ear, like weakening him? Well, I can see why Dyer played on that left. I can, I can see why, but then, as I said, you've got two players who are weak on one side. Maybe. You think if their biggest danger is Mane on that right hand side, yeah. then you kind of. I see your logic. I don't think it, made a, it would have made a great deal of difference, no. to be honest. I think. Um, I think given. It's a bit of a weird one because we've kind of changed and adopted a new formation, that three at the back. Um, but we probably don't have the depth in the squad in order to. To, to play that way unless our first team's available um, we've seen with the injuries it is reverted back to a 4-2-3-1 but you, you need six centre-backs basically if you're going to play three at the back you need uh, you need deputies who can step in and obviously doesn't trust Wimmer and he won't play Davies as a third as a third um, third centre-back do you think yeah but then we wouldn't have had any we've got no left left-sided Fullback. If we play three at the back, it has to be Davies. If he's not good enough to play there, then you have mm. to play a four. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I think it'd be him or Vertonghen, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, if, if yeah, Vertonghen probably could do a job in, in in Rose's absence. Yeah, but I think all of this is leading to something I said a little while ago, and that we should have brought Van Aanholt. <laughs> Why are you laughing? The oh greatest, the greatest wing back to ever play the game. I, he has his qualities, but <laughs> I don't know if I would like. I don't know if I would have liked him. Well, not even for a laugh. No, not even. For, not even for that. What about how about this? How about signing Van Holt, Van Arnholt when we're playing, say, Borough at home, where we don't have to wor- really worry about his defensive um, deficiencies? Yeah, and maybe you know, um, Pochettino's got a reputation for straightening out fullbacks, and he could have coached it into him. Could have. But he hasn't coached anything into Ben Davies yet. And Van Honhol would definitely not have solved any of the problems we had on, on no. Saturday. I just love him. I, I don't know. I love a kind of reckless chaos causing fo- uh, footballer. Yeah. I mean, I should love Sissoko for that. But <laughs> uh, but the, the, there's something you said, Bardi, a while back about that, about Paulinho causing chaos mm. because he runs a lot. And at the time I laughed and, you know, it sounded silly. But there's, there's definitely something in that. In, in the players that are hard to read, Hard to control because they don't really know what they're doing either. There's, I think there's something into that. I know? think they're better on, on poorer teams, though. Yeah. Team, teams that are in the business end of the table, you know, in top four, you can't have that kind of player in there. But if you're like mid table, I thought Sissoko, I mean, obviously Sissoko had a good Euros, but he did well for Newcastle because there's no pressure on him. Yeah. And um, the strange thing was that um, it was Liverpool at home that kind of convinced Pochettino that we needed Sissoko. Because he saw Mane play, and then you saw uh, on Saturday how Mane played and how Sissoko played, and it's just like fuck, you know. So you ask someone to get you a Ferrari, and they turn up with like a Skoda or something. Yeah, I think. I mean, we were after Mane, but I think we scoffed at the price. And thirty-five million seemed a huge amount of money to pay for him at the time. But I'd happily hand over thirty-five million to Liverpool for him now. Well, I think a lot of um, our failures is, is, the, is the summer transfer window I mean it's fucking dreadful Wanyama aside yeah. we spent about 60 or 70 million on players who did any of them come on did, did Sissoko come on yes yeah, Sissoko came on and Janssen came on fucking <laughs> hell but a quick positive note I thought Harry Winks was great when he came on I thought I think he for, should start I thought coming on for Ericsson I thought he did balance us a lot better I thought he, I thought he played really well yeah he, put, he even got a bit as Alex would like he got stuck in as well uh, Tottenham CTT tactic, TT tactics. He says, uh, "Is it okay to feel aggravated by Poch blaming the player's desire and aggression rather than admit that he got it wrong tactically?" I think he got it wrong tactically. And is I it thought, okay though to be aggravated by it? Yeah, because um, 
I know fuck all about football. We said it last week Monday, just sit off them. Don't fucking have a high line. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Ben Davis against Mane in a foot race. It's just, it's, it's stupid. Um, I understand is it, that... Is, is it either he's, he's so confident in his own tactical nous that, that he, this is the way he wants Tottenham to play? And he always wants us to be aggressive and attack. And you know the Tottenham adage is, you know, seek glory even if you fail kind of thing. And I'm not saying that's a healthy way to approach football. I'm just saying that that's, that's steeped in the, the, the fabric of our yeah. football club. So our manager on Saturday, yeah. he got it wrong tactically, but he at least tried to play our game where we were trying to be attacking and pressing. And it just Liverpool... Outworked us. I just out, don't out. think. I don't think we have the dot and eleven to even yeah. do that. Yeah, it's about being. It's about having an intelli- a level of intelligence. Oh, it's not, I sound he's but, lacking intelligence. He isn't. He's a great manager, but it's kind of you think uh, play within the limitations of your team. But many many years ago, we played against Chelsea and June nil nil. Santini was our manager, mm. and that's where the phrase "park in the bus" came from. I mean, I, remember it, yeah. I wouldn't mind us to do, to do that like a Saturday. I mean, Pochettino can't say he got it wrong because the moment he admits that he made the mistake, all respect for him, he loses respect in the media, his players. Ranieri said something earlier in the season, oh, he got it wrong, it's his fault. And by immediately taking the blame away from players, you're kind of like giving them free reign to kind of fuck about. And football players, we've seen what they're like. If you give them an inch, they'll take everything. So he got it wrong, but blaming the players, I think from a publicity kind of standpoint, is probably better. Uh, yeah, I, I think we did lack aggression, though. We did lack, lack, lack a little bit of... Um, but this is the second time... Intensity, actually. We lacked, we lacked, we lacked, we lacked intensity. And, and I guess intensity comes with form and, and, and positive feeling. And it kind of, from the off, it, it kind of felt like this was not going to be our day. Well, I think Pochettino, for maybe the first time in his career, he's coaching a team which is a title-challenging team where he's not the one having to counteract... People are coming at him for the first time in his life. Like, Guardiola changed things up. When they'd lost to Everton, then we went there and they, they bossed us because Guardiola changed things and he was he got kind of lucky. And then again, Klopp, Klopp outsmarted him. So Pochettino's learning here. He's going to have to take... He's going to have to learn about but it. But to be fair, Pochettino, he's changed things this season. This, 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 um, this, yeah. this season as well. I mean, we've gone through a bad patch, he fixed it, and we went through a, a brilliant... A, a purple patch through... Christmas and the New Year, mm-hmm. you know, I, 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 it's uh, just to answer the question. It's okay to be aggravated by Poch, Poch's, um, you know, things that he said, and it's okay to be aggravated by his team selection and his tactics. It's fine to be aggravated because that's the nature of football. It's your prerogative as a fan to do that. But to, to kind of start to think, all right, maybe he isn't the manager after one result or even three or four results. You know, poor form plays a factor. Well, it's, that's different from just being aggravated. Of course. But Chelsea starting 11 against Burnley. I think five of them, are, five of them won the Premier League already. Um, Conte has won three Scudettos in a row. Mm. Um, so that's the level of experience that they're dealing with. We've not got any players who have won the Premier League in our, in our entire squad. So I guess it is, it is a bit difficult for some of the time to take responsibility and say, you know what, this is how you do it. I mean, I'll, I think Vertonghen and Eriksson have won league titles in other countries, as is Dembele. But I think it's a different kettle of fish in the Premier League, and maybe next summer we should look for someone who has won it. And if Leicester go down, then at least two or three players it is that we can. But then that needs Pochettino to want to sign slightly older players because you know he's going to have to get rid of the kind of working with young players. He's going to have to sign. Well, some he signed he signed to Soko, so um, there's hope. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, okay, uh, yes. I, uh, there, I mean, there, there was a guy who approached me. I forgot, I forgot his name. I'm sorry. Um, approached me at, at the show on Saturday, um, and he was moaning because his uh, his brother was saying that the problem with Potch is that he's not a winner. He's never won anything. Um, so I, I I went with the guy and, and we had a chat with the with the with the brother. I've seen a tweet about this. Yeah, oh yeah, he tweeted this in, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, and his brother was just saying, you know, that he has he's net what's he won? He's never won anything, and I think that's massively harsh because he's been at Espanyol, he's been at Southampton, he's had two and a half years at Tottenham. You know, no one's won anything with Tottenham. What we've seen is marked improvement by Pochettino, where we we have the audacity to, to, to think we should be a title, team, title, title winning team without Pochettino we would never be that we would never have that exactly but you, you might get lucky and win an FA Cup one, one year what people forget in 1991 when we won the FA Cup under Venable we had the fucking easiest draw all the way through to yeah. Arsenal Arsenal was the first game in the semi-final that, that, we, that was remotely difficult we had we had we walked the whole thing because we played shit team after shit team. Yeah. We reached Arsenal and you know it's a fucking a derby, so as the form goes out the window and all that stuff. And then you had a final and you win it. So you can be lucky winning an FA Cup, but you can be defined by that success. Pochettino, what he's done in turning Tottenham into a potential title winning team is a million times harder than winning around an FA Cup every twenty years. But then you know often we talk about Liverpool reaching reaching cup finals and winning competitions, but. So they won the League Cup in 2012. They reached the Europa League final last season. But these are seasons where they finished outside the top four themselves. So yeah. it's not easy to maintain a top four assault and win a competition or get to a final. So Yeah, I mean, I, 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 would, I would feel confident about really challenging for a cup competition if we had no European football. Yeah. And this actually ultimately comes back to how much money we're going to spend in the transfer market. Because with a better squad, if we'd invested significantly, and I'm not talking about... Just buying players. I'm talking about, you know, if you sell 100 million, then you spend 200. Um, then we probably would have had a squad where you can think, I'm confident about this, uh, about competing. But in the back of our minds, especially on what happened last week with, uh, sorry, last season, you know, where, where we kind of collapsed and we, we faltered in the cup competitions, in the back of all our mind, we think the squad ain't there really. It's good. It's good enough to, to kind of get into that top four, to potentially challenge for the title, but. We don't have enough quality throughout it. No, but then, by the same token, we've spent money last summer and it was spent badly. Yeah, but we didn't spend. We didn't lo- we, we we didn't spend the money in the. It, you know, it wasn't a transfer budget that we, we kind of we broke even again. We we, don't, we sell and then spend on that. Yeah. Were you but, saying we, we could have spent better? Of yeah. course, we could have spent a lot better. Yeah, Janssen and Sissoko haven't. They haven't worked. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's fe- it's fucking February now. Do you think Janssen will ever score a goal? I, I don't and know. then you look at you know you look at Incudi. Sorry. You look you look at you look at Incudi. You just don't, I just don't see him ever breaking the starting eleven either. So we've got um, I mean, we've got a question we're going to ask in a bit, but mm. I just think our squad is a bit weak, and I think we're paying for a bad window in the summer. All right. Um, so uh, DJ Moosley on Twitter uh, on Reddit he says um, your methods of coping with a bitter loss or bitter losses historically. He likes a spliff and a wank. <laughs> now, um, there's two spliffs definitely help because you kind of you, you, you equalise all issues when you when you've had a smoke. You feel stressed. It, it does de-stress you. It's probably the best thing about smoking weed. But um, but a wank, I actually 
You feel stressed once you've come. <laughs> no, I feel a bit <laughs> in tears as you're doing it. No, a little bit hollow. Like I, 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 I kind of feel like. Now, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, like like if you, oh, I don't know. I, I, I find if I want to work hard or if I want to if I'm if I want a game of FIFA, I'd be better at it pre-wank yeah yeah. you lose focus you mean like you lose focus yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I won't do it if I'm playing five a side I won't I'll stay, I'll stay pure I get that completely <laughs> pure it's, I find my energy levels and absolutely. my focus are much better yeah, yeah if, you, if you this is something I've definitely noticed this is kind of tip from a 35 year old something that if you want to focus on a school essay or you've got some work to do at work or you want to have a, a decent conversation with your missus for once if you stop masturbating it actually it helps. It, it, it for some reason it, it does keep you focused. I find the minute that I wank, my ability to do anything decent or anything kind of re- requires dexterity. It's got to do something with like your your hormones or something that your body has done because you, you, we're all designed to procreate. Yeah. So I guess the, once you once you've come, you've released your seed, and your body's just like, oh, my job's done. So you lose. Knocking one out in the changing room before the Liverpool Janssen game. Janssen is wanking all week. <laughs> <laughs> But wouldn't a wank help after a bad defeat, though? Um, I, I guess so. I prefer just to try and forget about it. I, I cook something. Uh, I don't know. I, I, there was a time when I would struggle massively. Like, right, it would. Oh, we'd actually, lose. We'd lose a lot more back then. Yeah. Uh, do you know what the game was? When I I actually sat down and I was I was my heart was broken completely. I was with my ex misses and and I come back to the flat in Crouch End. I just watched. I've just watched um, Arsenal beat us 4-1 in the League Cup and Redknapp filled the shit team. Arsenal's wasn't full strength, but it wasn't, it wasn't you know, their first team either. And they just they smashed us. They smashed us. And, and I looked down at their fans. I was in the shelf up. I looked down and their fans were going crazy because it was the League Cup. But it, we, they beat us. Regardless yeah. of that team, they beat us. It was Stephen Corker, I think, made his debut. Yeah, Sandro too. Sandro, yeah. And, and they... I, I went home and I remember saying to... My missus, because I was fucked, like mentally fucked. And I said to her, I don't know if I can do this. I genuinely feel like I can't keep doing this to myself because this is actually making me feel legitimately miserable. But my dad, who went Spurs with, he's taken me to Spurs. I don't, I, very rarely have I ever gone to a Spurs game in the last, you know, 25 years without him. Whenever we lost, he was like, don't worry about it. He, he drummed this into it. Just the same simple message. Just, Don't worry. We'll be back next week. There'll be enough. This isn't, you know, this isn't forever. This is horrible now. But just don't worry. And that, that I think, over time has really kind of, he's drilled that into me where we can get, we can get beat. Bar in Arsenal, we can get beat by anyone and I can reconcile pretty quickly. And I posted something on our Twitter, uh, sorry, Facebook account earlier today. It was the trigger... Uh, Spurs promo video yeah. and literally I did have some residue kind of hollow feeling because I spoke to you know Redmen TV yeah. at work we, we, we work with them quite a lot at Bull Street and we had to do an editorial meeting this morning and he was just horrible <laughs> and I felt pretty like pissed off after that and then I watched this video and I was like oh, it's alright I mean we're fucking lucky <laughs> I imagine being fans of and we're still above Liverpool. Villa. We're still above Liverpool. I did Liverpool. say that. I did yeah, come back. It's just that. Like, good for them. You're still behind us. Yeah. Fucking pricks. Dickheads. Yeah. I hate them. I th- you know, one, one good thing about losing my phone is I didn't have to fucking hear from like Liverpool mates. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. yeah. I didn't get any, any grief from any of them. No? No. But no, it gives me grief when we lose a game anyway, so. 
You do, so you've got a kind of understanding bunch of friends and peripheral. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I, I don't give it when we win. That's probably, that's probably why. I don't Nor do I. Nor do I. I never do. But some some people, I think, that because they've got they've got uh, small dicks, small dicks, yeah, tiny little micro penises, and, and 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 low self worth. There's not much I can say to me as well, I suppose. Because most of the teams are below mine. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to try to try make more friends with like Coventry fans and QPR <laughs> fans because they can't ever say shit. Um. So we've got, uh, got two cup games uh, coming up this week. Presumably, uh, we'll still have weak inside in both games, would you think? Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've all seen what Hugo Lloris said in the, um, in, in the standard, but he almost suggested that he might have a stronger team for at least one of those two games. I, um, Is it important to beat Ghent? It's important to not get beat, because it's, it's an away... You know, we need to get an away goal. Once mm. you get an away goal, then... Just quickly, while I remember, we've got a special preview coming up with an expert in in Belgian football, um, and he told me we sat down for about half an hour. Uh, he told us a lot about Ghent, um, and um, he said, you know, Tottenham would would have to be off their game, and Ghent would have to play out of their skins in order for them to get through this tie. I think this is a, a crucial game for Harry Kane. I would play Kane. He hasn't scored from open play. Has he? Fuck, I can't remember the last time. What's the hat trick he would have got against? Uh, against uh, West Brom. Yeah. I would play Kane for, for the Genk game and then play Janssen against Fulham. Hopefully Kane will get a couple of goals and get back in that kind of rhythm of scoring goals again. Yeah, well, and hopefully Janssen makes a successful pass. <laughs> well, get get lost over the weekend. Um, they lost at home as well. To, yeah, they're struggling to a lowly team. So um, yeah, well, so the Belgians actually. Do you know what? I won't say anything because I learned some stuff. And uh, we'll, we'll release it. This pod's come. This special pod's coming. We're going to put out on Wednesday. So have a listen to that. And we, we will talk a lot about the Belgian side and, and the opinion of Tottenham in in, in Belgium um, because obviously it's quite a lot of attention on us given the fact that we've got three of the national squad in our team. Yeah, I mean they're what they're seventh on the table. Is it two? It's three. Is it three? Who is it? Dembele, oh, Vertonghen and Alderweireld. Oh, fuck, sorry. I forgot. I thought, yeah. I thought you were still counting. Sorry. No. That was a funny thing I just remembered now. Austin had to say Alderweireld. you see how quickly I doubted myself? <laughs> <laughs> I must be wrong. I've got to be wrong. Um, yeah, so, I, yeah, probably. I mean, I, I, I quite... I wouldn't want us to play strong teams in both. I think Liverpool have practically got two weeks off now. Um, yeah. We've got two games. I think we should play the weakest team we can in order to get through both games. So it's Fulham away, Ghent away. Yeah. I mean, um, got to beat them fairly easily, haven't we? But the way the way you got to look at it as well. I mean, we played Hearts many many moons ago. We destroyed them in the first leg. Yeah. And then put the, put the kids out in the second leg. So maybe just put the, put a strong team out in the away leg, smash them up, and then at Wembley put a few kids on and. Crack on that way. Um, the, the, the trophy and top four debate has reopened. What, what, have you seen stuff on Twitter and whatnot? Yeah, there's, there's been a few things on Twitter, and um, I think the whole the top four thing. I mean, in terms of the, I was trying to remember who told me that um, we make more money finishing in the top four than winning the FA Cup. Yeah, in the yeah. League. oh yeah, easily. Yeah, yeah. Wow, so combined. So from a so from a club point of view, you can understand why they want to finish in the top four. Yeah, so from you know, clubs, it's not just a club. Perspective. It's all clubs. It's yeah. all any club who, who had the opportunity to get to the Champions League would would they probably say like you, we'll guarantee you actually categorically any of the clubs 
in the Premier League. They said, we'll guarantee you top four if you don't enter the FA Cup. All of them go, yeah, all day. Yeah, I think... I mean, as fans, it's different, but, yeah. but a club. So you, Tottenham are going to go that way as well. It's just I think Sunderland made more than the team who won the FA Cup. If you're going to be, yeah. If you're, if you're going to, for what? For finishing where they did in the league. Right, yeah. yeah. So if, you, if, you're, um, if you're pissed off that Spurs might prioritise the Champions League over, over the FA Cup, then um, be pissed off at football, be pissed off the way money's uh, distributed in the game and how important the yeah. Champions League is to your way for FIFA, to the Premier League and Sky Sports. That's who you need to be pissed off at, not Pochettino and, and Le- Levy, because you know that's they're, they're, they're playing the game. If Spurs don't finish in the Champions League, it, it opens us up to like attack during the summer transfer window. All of a sudden, our prized assets become become like available P- clubs will take a look at them whereas at least if you've got Champions League football you can you, we can hold on to them for another season at least yeah I mean I think I think it, I think it's fair to say that all three of us would like to see us win a trophy I mean that's you know that's, that's what we want to see we want to see the club win something but sometimes you, you have to be a bit pragmatic and understand why um, if we lose against Ghent and Fulham it's not the end of the world for the club it's only the world for the fans. I mean, you know, I mean, a lot of my friends want an away day. Fulham's an amazing away day as it is. Um, yeah. I've got a few mates going to going against, you know, and they, and they, this is big weeks for them, you know, and they, they want to keep going as long as it can. It just shows how good, uh, how amazing Spurs' travelling support is when yeah. um, the cut-off point for loyalties, loyalty points for the Fulham game, bearing in mind Fulham are an average championship side, yeah. it was 304 points yeah. for season ticket holders. It's mental. It is. And I've got, I've got a massive allocation as well, like four, four, three, four the thousand. The whole end, isn't it? Yeah, the whole end. That's yeah. going to be great. The atmosphere of that is going to be superb. Yeah, I mean, Unless Fulham score an early goal and then sharp shot, and it well, makes it really difficult. I mean, I mean, now we talk about the four 0 when we got absolutely smashed. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking. That's one of my favourite away days ever. Yeah. Fucking because at half time we just thought that I was singing for the entire half mm. and just out. Well, it's not that hard to out sing Fulham, but now that that was good fun. Um. Yeah. So look, I, I mean, ultimately about this top four debate, it's not. If you're going to be angry, I mean, be angry at want. Who am I to say who you should be angry at? But be angry at, be angry at the game and the system and where the money's distributed, rather than the Tottenham, because a big club concentrates on um, on on, on, the, uh, on finishing the top four. Now, I mean, that's just the way it is. I don't like it. I would much rather. I would take us winning the FA Cup over finishing the Champions League, because. In ten years, none of those players that play for Tottenham are going to be there anyway. But in yeah. ten years' time, I still I still remember '91. You know, but that's you know, you, know, you got you got these Spurs legends nights, and um, I can't think of any players who um, who do that who haven't won a trophy. Well, you imagine you reckon in twenty five years um, they'll be having legends nights at, uh, about Tottenham players, and they're going to int- introduce Peter Crouch, and the first thing you said is he qualified for the Champions League in two thousand and ten. Yeah, no, he won't. I mean. They probably won't have Peter Crouch, but you know, <laughs> whatever. All right, that's it for the first half of the Fighting Cop podcast. We now have Windy. Yeah, Windy, back to draw the fucking knowledge, blood. I see you, I got your back. Hi, this is Windy, back with the weekly youth updates. Looking at our young players and players out on loan. Starting off the lone players, Nabil Bentaleb got two assists as Schalke beat Hertha Berlin 2-0. There was a start for Luke McGee in Peterborough's 1-0 defeat to Sheffield United. Conor Ogilvy played 90 minutes as Stevenage beat Wickham 3-0. Ryan Loft was a 77th minute sub in that one. 
Luke Amos was an unused sub for Southend. Shane Harrison was a 71st-minute sub for Yeovil. They drew one all with Leighton Orient. And Will Miller was a late sub for Burton. They lost 4-1 away at Brighton. Anton Walks played the second half for Atlanta United in their 4-0 pre-season win against Chattanooga FC. I swear to God I'm not making that up. That was their first ever match. Moving on to the youth teams, the under-18s drew one all against Leicester on Tuesday. Leicester had been in absolutely terrible form, bottom of the league having lost 12 out of their 17 matches, so that was a really disappointing result. And then we lost 2-1 to Brighton on Saturday, having been 1-0 up away from home through Sam Shashua. John McDermott said after the second match, If anything, I was more disappointed with the draw in midweek than the loss today. We approached the game in a very positive manner. I didn't think we played badly and we had good, honest intent. Today was less about mentality and more about defensive mistakes, attacking ones as well. In other news, Keith Millen is, it seems, due to be appointed as a coach for the under-18s. He used to be assistant at Crystal Palace and has a very good reputation as a coach. Having previously worked with John McDermott, there's a link there, and he's uh, said that he's been doing some work for the under-18s, so expect a formal announcement at some point soon. That's it for this week. If you're interested in more young players, follow me on Twitter at WindyCoys. That's Coys for Come On You Spurs. Second half of the Fighting Cop podcast. Thank you very much, Windy. Uh, we had a question from Ian Condron uh, from Facebook. Very much like Condom. I'm sure he's had that before. Yes. Uh, uh, best first team in the top six or worst squad in the top six? Discuss. Um, I don't think we have the best first team in the top six. We probably probably do have the worst squad. I think that's, I think that's comfortable, yeah. No, Liverpool. I, I would say Liverpool's squad is probably worse than ours. I think so. I, th- I think Liverpool defensively are, pro- are pretty weak when they lose a, when they lose a player. So you saw what happened when they lost Mane for um, for a month. They didn't win a game. But I think our first eleven is is definitely up there with. Um, no, I think up with Chelsea's. I think Chelsea and our first eleven are the best. But our squad is is probably the weakest after Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, I'd go yeah. along with that. I think um, if everyone if everyone's fit, then I don't think we I don't think we lose against Liverpool, for example, on, no. on Saturday. We've got um, our next nine games are very winnable. Um, You've got to play Burnley away. Yes, that's going to be tough. That'll be the toughest game. But if we have a full I, squad, then... I would say that it would be harder to win Burnley away than it will be Arsenal at home. Yeah. Burnley away's the Burnley's home form is it's up there second with, best to us yeah it's up there with us yeah, yeah. it's incredible yeah but but, uh, but, but with our strongest team if our strongest team is available for that game then we beat anyone yeah exactly yeah I mean I, it, it, it's a shame because Pochettino gets blamed for you know not I don't know adapting or he gets blamed for results because he's manager and it's his job to be blamed when things don't go right um, I just think. I don't know. I, I, I kind of. I, I think. Just get frustrated. <laughs> I, I think. I, I think he's. He, he does. He created that first team. The, the reason why Danny Rose is the best left back or best left wing back in the country is because of what Pochettino did. Yeah. You can't expect him to create every player into a fucking the, the best first team. Dele Alli we bought from Milton, Milton Keynes. Kane he's developed. You know, uh, uh, Rose Walker has got has come on leaps and bounds. Alavera was bought and was amazing. Yeah. Vertonghen has been great since Alavera has come in, and that's kind of all, you know, to, to, to do with Pochettino. So, you know, to say that we've got the one of, if not the best, first team 
in the league at the moment is amazing. It's down to him. Yeah, it is. Um, it's just... Uh, yeah, I... But there's issues with the scouting, there's issues with the transfer market, as, as we've already said. But what something that Conte's had, he had it, he had it uh, um, Juventus as well, he's able to get these players, like someone like Giacchirini or Simone Padouin, these kind of like workman-like players, and fit them in. We don't really have these players that can just slide in and do a job. Davies is, is weak, Trippier is weak. I would like us to sign a couple of like almost utility players. You know the kind of guy like a not I'm not saying we should sign John O fucking Shea, but someone like John O'Shea <laughs> who could play across the back four quite comfortably mm. in his younger days. But there's so many players, I mean it's easy for me to say, but you've got Gray from Leicester, um Redmond from Southampton, um players like this who you can easily afford. And they buy in Kudu and Sissoko, it's hard not to be a bit be a bit frustrated by that. But there's been a lot made about with not being any team from the top six away. I mean, top six teams don't lose at home generally. I mean, you know, when you think about the games that have happened, I think Man U lost at home to Man City. But I don't think anyone else has beaten them at home. Chelsea lost 3 0 to Arsenal, but they lost 2 0 to Tottenham. But yeah, yeah, that, those are away games too. So I'm, I just think that, that's, that is hopeless. What's the fucking point of it? Yeah, if you get one out of the six in, in a season and two, you, you've done fucking magic. All, all, all clubs. It's yeah. just. What, what these things are, it, it's, they're kind of, they're easily understood by people. You know, we haven't won against any of the top six teams. So that, that you think, oh, well, I understand that. I can, I can blame, blame um, Pochettino with that. And just saying, well, actually, it's fucking really hard to win those games. Oh, yeah. We, we've had some great results. We pulled back, we drew at Arsenal. You know, we pulled back against uh, Man City. So, yeah. You know, it's, we were, you know, unlucky against Chelsea. First half, we dominated. Winning football games, the result, I understand it defines how everyone feels. You know, you, you can play terribly and win a game and you feel great. You can play brilliant and lose and you feel terribly. But you look at the, look at, look at the overall performance uh, and, and, you know, things like Chelsea, the, the, the Chelsea away and Arsenal game and you think, it's not that bad. How the fuck can you legislate for a team getting 39 points out of 39 points? They say, oh, you know, we've thrown a league away. Well... The team wins 13 games in a fucking row. Not many teams are going to catch them. We haven't thrown a win. We've never had no, a chance. We had no, no chance. Exactly. I mean, um, it's frustrating that we're, well, out of the title race, quote unquote. But um, every cunt is. Exactly. <laughs> and then it's like, well, be disappointed, but I can take a head out of your ass a little bit. You know, I mean, Chelsea's run has been phenomenal. They haven't even got Europe. They've had the same. Start eleven for most of the games. It strikes me off. Some Spurs fans that are hypercritical of Pochettino. It's kind of of him not being able to deliver us trophies or, or win us the league. It's kind of like the the rich kids, the, the kids that have everything and they want more. And when they don't get a fucking iPlay, iPod plated in gold at Christmas, they freak out. It's kind of like you're, you're, you everything you have currently, every f- good feeling you have about Tottenham is because of. The, the setup at the football club at the moment. Yeah. And the minute it doesn't go your way, you're going to scream and shout and piss your pants. I don't know, I just it don't sit well. I just, I mean, it's like they're waiting for us to just not win a game and then just kind of say how, how shit our squad is and all the rest of it. I mean, it's not like people don't know that our squad isn't up to it. I mean, it's not rocket science. If you lose Danny, if you lose a player like Danny Rose, then it's going to harm any team in the, in the league. Yeah. I think, um, I think if... If we get that, like, so, so I, I think a little bit, a part of the criticism 
I have a, a is it Levy? Yeah, I keep it is Levy. Levy. Yeah, uh, criticism of Levy is um, is that we haven't spent any money. We haven't spent any money at all, right? Over the last six or seven years, and he could have a couple of times, you know, spent heavily. There was crucial points in our in our recent history where if we had thrown fifty million quid at something we might have achieved something even greater. Right, so yeah, exactly. So, uh, But then you could think, well, we needed to build this stadium, which you understand as well. If it comes a point in two years' time where we've built the stadium and we're still not spending heavily, I think then people will start thinking, well, what the fuck? Yeah, well, if we'd signed... Um, I mean, we can't go back in history if we'd, signed, if we'd done this or done that, but like Suarez, Suarez was available that season. If we'd gone out and signed Suarez, fuck knows where we'd be now. I think we tried. Sherwood sure, didn't fancy him. No, was that it? I, I, I think to we God. were heavily linked, and, and, and Yol said, um, he said something along the lines of either Suarez is too good for Tottenham or Suarez can't, uh, Tottenham can't afford Suarez. How much did Liverpool pay for him? 20 odd million. Yeah. We could afford him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we fucking could have. Yes. <laughs> Would you want that little shit cunt at your football club? Well, maybe Probably. he wouldn't. Maybe he wouldn't have become that person that he became at Liverpool. Yeah, do you think, I, I like to think that. Maybe if, he was a decent yeah, human being. Exactly. That football like, club. All these people on the streets and stuff. There's a moment in their life where something went wrong, mm. and maybe for Suarez he became a cunt when he went to Liverpool. So, so when it, it would have been like he comes to Tottenham and he said something racist, like he he, he called Lebdy King something or other, and all the players around him would have gone, oh. That's not on. That, that is not on. That no. is not on. But Liverpool, they went, that's fine. Just, just keep, keep scoring goals. And they wore T-shirts to <laughs> support him. <laughs> keep scoring goals is fine. The, yeah. the, the cop will protect you. Yeah. Fucking protect Fucking proven rate. It's weird. They're weird. Biter. Weird football club. Someone that physically assaults someone and somebody says a racist term over and over again yeah. and yet the whole club defend him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel comfortable with him or Scouts. Not all Scousers, like Liverpool fans. Have I just called Liverpool fans racist? I have. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never mind. Um, we'll get over it. We'll never hear it. Uh, Benjamin Smith on Facebook. He Oh, wait, hang on, watch this. Um, which Spurs player do you think would go see a hu- hu- humiliatrix? Yeah. What's that? So, um, What's over, the last few days, over the last week, I've had a bit of this obsession with this woman who was on the Joe Rogan podcast called um, Sierra Lynch. And... Um, so there's this thing called she's a humiliatrix. So they've got this thing called financial humiliation. What? <laughs> what do you mean they have? Who? Well, she would. March. Is it porn? It's not mainstream. No. <laughs> but some main- some men get off on being financially humiliated. So whether she'll say, "Look, give me five hundred pounds now, you piece of shit," <laughs> and don't give her the money. I don't give her the money. Oh, and then she sucks him off. No. I think she does it over the phone, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, does it over the phone. Yeah. What, and they give her £500? Yeah, stuff like that, yeah. Um, people ask for her to send um, her shit and her piss. She sends it to people. People pay her for it. And then there's got... If, there, if, there's, then there's, if there's anyone out there that wants my shit and piss and will pay me £500, I'll send it. And, and then she's, then there's small penis humiliation, which is obviously self-explanatory. Some, some guys actually get off and have a woman say that you're, you're cock this morning, you ain't nothing. So, so, all right. So the question, the question is, what Spurs <laughs> player would 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 use the services of someone like this? I don't oh. think they need them because the amount of but abuse, they've got loads of money though, so they're and probably the, well, and the amount of abuse they get anyway. All they, all Vincent Janssen has to do is start up a Twitter account, and he's he'll get all that abuse for free. <laughs> yeah, but 
sometimes, I mean, I reckon a lot of the people who, who, so, are, who so are her clients are probably high-powered. Yeah. High-powered, lots of money. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's generally, you know, when you talk like dominatrixes and things like that, you, you generally, I mean, the, the stereotype is that it's powerful businessmen. It's the direct opposite, isn't it? So um, I've got to say, I've got to say, I've got to say Daniel Levy. <laughs> I mean, it was the only thing that would fit the stereotype. Speaking of which, Josh Levy was at the, uh, at the live show, wasn't he? Well, I don't remember. I, I don't remember. I, I, I saw him, um, which was cool. It was cool, but also scary. It's almost like when people at work who listen to, who I meet, uh, and they go, oh, yeah, I listen to the Fighting Cop podcast. And then I, I'm not like, oh, that's really nice. I'm like, fuck, they know everything. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm the same. They know everything. They've, they've heard everything I've said. Um, but so far, no one's sort of freaked out or anything. So. Do you reckon he told his dad he was coming to come to the pod? Yeah, I, I don't think him. he went to the live show. I think he just came to the came to the game. Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, I'm not I'm not sure. Maybe he did, but you know, it was quite it was quite nice. It was quite cool. I didn't say anything to him or anything. Just let him get on with his drinking. And apparently, some people gave him a bit of grief. I don't know if that was true. That sounds like absolute bollocks. Yeah. Let's let's hope it was. Uh, the guy who said it was. Um, I kind of said. Is that true? Because it doesn't feel true, and he kind of smiled. So, yeah, I, d- I doubt it. I mean, who would be a prick enough to do that? Surely, God knows. If they are, they're listening to the podcast, and that you know, it's like actually forget it. All right, um, Michelle Vaughan. Yeah, <laughs> what? I said Michelle Vaughan. Oh, because he's Dutch. Yep. <laughs> right. I reckon he watches the most out there porn in the entire squad. <clears throat> they all do out there. Yeah, yeah well, it's nothing to them. Animal porn is nothing. They probably come to reading and hear, see what we watch. Like, what the fuck is this shit, man? How do you wank to that? <laughs> exactly. Mm, the older, all I would say is, the older you get, the more harder it is to. You need to find new extremes. Like some midgets, <laughs> trannies, amputees, amputees, Jesus. crash victims. <laughs> Whatever gets you off, because getting off is the most. You know, part, part of being a human being. Yeah. Just other people suffering, suffering shouldn't be a part. Of that. <laughs> Uh, which former or current player could assemble an automatic rifle in under 30 seconds blindfolded? Human son, definitely. He looks military. He looks like he, he, he knows his way around a rifle. Is that a little bit of racial stereotyping, given the fact that they're all kind of like, you know, they've got to go into national <laughs> service and whatnot? Well, exactly, that's what I mean, because he, he's been trained. Mm. Good with gadgets and stuff. Good with <laughs> gadgets. No, just well, good at maths. He's got, good at maths. He's yeah. good with his fingers. He's yeah. good. He's got very nimble fingers. That's not what you're saying. I was, that's totally what I'm saying. Subconsciously, you were talking about the gadgets and the maths. I think Harry winks. Drink. Yeah. Why? Um, have you seen Love on and Obey? Yeah. Johnny Lee Miller. They know the part that he plays. Yeah. I reckon that's Harry winks. Do you reckon? Yeah. He bowls around like confident, but. Underlying insecurity. Psychopath, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. And you go back to go to his house, he's like got a shrine to the Falklands War or something like that. <laughs> and he's got guns in, yeah. in the wall, stored, stored in the wall. Because he talks about, you know, how close him and Pochettino. They'll probably talk about Marvin, that's every single fucking day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're really good stab a man in the stomach. Yeah. Go on, stab me. Stab me, you side. So Winks, <laughs> yeah, Winks has the look of someone who is, who could be like, like growing up in, in in East London, but with a bit of money from a lunatic family who'd made their money from yeah. ill-gotten gains, and, and has become and grown up as a psychopath himself, but happened to be good at football. But if he hadn't found football at a very young age, would have gone on to to the, the underground crime scene where he'd been known of, as 
Madman Harry Winks. I don't or, know. I don't see it. I think Harry Winks, if he hadn't been good at football, he would have been bullied the, all day. I don't know if you no. know. I think, no, I think he's I like behind. I think he could fight. I reckon behind his eyes is a psychopath. He grew yeah. up in he grew up in, in Windy's town. I don't reckon, I don't reckon he's proper hard. You don't know Windy. You know that you, <laughs> exactly. We know Windy, but you don't know the true Windy. Exactly. We've had snippets of Windy, and we know that there's <laughs> something dark inside that human being. <laughs> Harry Winks is it is one of them. Um, Stanley. Harry Stanley Winks. See, yeah, I like that. Those gangster names. Yeah. Um, so who do you say then? I, I like Harry Winks. I like. I, I like that. Who do you pick? Harry Winks. Okay, I'll go with the same one. Um, Wayne Net uh, on Twitter. Is that right? Wayne Et, I think it is. Wayne Whitey. Wayne Et. Wayne Et. Wayne Et. Go and follow him. Uh, it's my six-year wedding anniversary next week. Thursday is when Wembley acceptable. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah. Look, if she loves you, she needs to understand what what you love. What Tottenham mean to you? What he should do is he should take her to IKEA, take her around IKEA, have a little tour around, show her like you know, and then go for some meatballs and stuff, and then go to the football after that. What I was a treat her to IKEA. Yeah, she'll like her trip around IKEA. I'm sure she will. That's I'm like saying she'll like her trip around the kitchen. No, no, my girlfriend's, sure my girlfriend's obsessed with Ikea. She likes nothing best, than li- nothing better than a little wander around Ikea. How, how do you find it? There's <sighs> meatballs at the end of it. That's the only thing that keeps me going. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, that's exactly what I'm like at Ikea. At the end, there's food. There's food. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, Ikea are glorious because they, they know men are going to hate that, but they know at the end, let's have a little f- reward for the food. What I don't get is the people that eat first and then go round. It's like, what the fuck do you do? It's like it... eating dessert before the exactly. for dinner. Yeah. I've worked at IKEA for three years. I've only been there like twice since I've left. Really? Did you really? Yeah. I never knew that. I went to my degree. Shit. I went to my degree. I went to IKEA. What kind of hours did you do? Um, five till nine, two nights a week, then all day Saturday, Sunday. Fuck. What, while, you did your, while you studied? Yeah, it's part time, innit? And what was it like? It's good fun. Tell me a story. So, tell me the worst thing you ever saw at IKEA. I can't think of them. You I, find I, I, once, I once served Claudio Ranieri, and he couldn't speak English at the time. So he, handed, he just looked at me in the face and just handed me his phone. <laughs> <laughs> that's a speak to his agent. That's not money. That's not money, that's a phone. Exactly. <laughs> and well, I, I it's think, a phone. You can do it in Italian accent. You know sometimes when, you, when you're in Italy or, or when you're in um, wherever you are in the world? Where are you going with this? I'm saying that you, you put on their accent even though you're speaking in English in the hope that somehow that they would understand it. In the same way that... Um, Steve McLaren. Yeah, and Joey Barton did in yeah. French. Yeah. You can't help it as an ignorant Englishman. Well, it was, it was a bit surreal because um, in that job, I worked in the returns department for a bit. And um, you, just, you just serve one person under an after another. The number comes up, you get to say, 161, come forward. You serve them, you did the return. Mm. And I look up, hang on. That's fucking Ranieri. Uh, Chelsea. Yeah, is that Chelsea then? So this would have been like what, ninety nine, two thousand around then. And um oh, nah, yeah, that, wasn't it? Two thousand Well, no, maybe maybe gone. Lots of time I was at this job anyway. And um and yeah, I served Claudio Ranieri and he gave me his phone to his agent. I think he just bought must have bought a new place in Kensington to furnish a whole house. Cheap can't went to IKEA. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. Did um, you get IKEA food for free as a member of staff? Subsidized. Subsidised? That was like it's fucking cheap as shit. Well, it's not the cheapest. And you have your own canteen or you eat with... You've got your own canteen. Shit. Do you ever wank in the toilet to work? No. You ever no, wank right now? Um, I've, I've done it less than five times. <laughs> 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 in my entire working career. 
<laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. Lies. Barney, you're a liar. Never. You've probably wanked at my work. <laughs> my, my, my current employers, I haven't. <laughs> Previously, though. Previously. Um... Come no, I don't, I don't like it's too dangerous. I'd what do you mean it's too dangerous? You need cubicle dangerous. Well, you won't, someone, do you make noises when you come? No, no. Not. Lexington Steel. I just don't feel, I don't feel comfortable. <laughs> what noise does he make? He, he was sort of like he's crying. So, uh, really? He's like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I, as a young man, I, I, as a young man, I was a firm believer in a danger wank, but as I've got older, I've... See, my, my uh, understanding of a danger wank is calling a parent when <laughs> so this is this is my understanding so when you just said this is what ran through my head very quickly is that you're knocking one out and you get to the point where um, you, you're you're able to kind of think about you know jizzing and then you open the door to your bedroom and you scream Dan Mum quick and then from that point you have to jizz and clean up before they get in that's the danger way fuck what's your understanding of danger like more kind of like not properly in public but like out in the real world <laughs> like um uh at the dentist or something like what? that at the dentist where what do you mean at the dentist like, like i used to go to um <laughs> like the orthodontics in king's cross yeah. and i knew a mate of mine used to do exactly the same thing and it was just a really secluded toilet on the second floor and because you used to get like half a day off school you'd like make a day of it so you'd go down there <laughs> Buy the Daily Star, maybe the Sun, take the pages you want, and then go hit that cubicle in, um, go hit that really quiet toilet. Make a day of it, innit? Fuck it, why not? Jesus Christ. Got nothing else to do. This reminds you. How old was you? Ah, like, when I just kind of first discovered wanking, so I guess 14, 15. Make a day of it. Yeah. Like, this is what I'm doing today, I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to go buy the Daily Star, rip a couple of pages out, and find some weird cubicle in an awful day. Well, you you go to school in the morning, you've got your pass, you, you need to leave early. So you leave at lunchtime, you wander off, and, you know, you, you treat yourself. This is about to that. Sorry, like, Ricky, that you said it in the live show. About the... Uh, the keys in the plane. Yeah. Every time he goes yeah. in the plane, he has to have a wank. Yeah. That's not me. No, that's Ricky's no. friend. All right, brilliant. Um, uh, so, uh, some quick questions. Stylish Riot on Twitter, he says, um, who would win in a naked oil wrestle fight to the death between the whole of the TFC roster? It'd be Engineer Yeah, he would because he is a you know, borderline psychopath. Um, he's tried to turn over New Leaf, but you know, underneath the thin veneer of this new Engineer there's still a very aggressive human He's been that name off, though, isn't he, now? Yeah, he's called Mr. Camber. Over, he'd beat Case. I don't know if he'd beat Case. I think Case has got the size and the power. He does, but he's not. Uh, Case isn't an aggressive man. Exactly. He's no. not. Uh, uh, sometimes psychopathy overrules um, physical strength. Well, it's, like, it's like it's like Keen versus Vieira, isn't it? Vieira's twice his size, but Keen's mad. You'd have to kill. you to kill Keen with a house brick. But Case, this is oil. Case doesn't have any hair on him. Oil? Oh, there is oil. See, we, Alex Slippery. would never get a, a purchase. Like, to be fair, um, actually, I think Ricky would win. I'll change my answer, because Ricky's got a low centre of gravity. Mm. And I reckon he's quite resourceful. All right, so I, I add to that, who do you think would be the first to get an erection in a massive oil race? Be you. <laughs> Me? Yeah. Or Alex from Bristol. <laughs> love it <laughs> I, I'm just imagine uh, Alex completely naked very hairy uh, and, and then getting his fucking little mass, yeti massive stonk on and everyone's like whoa what the fuck's going on there he's like what what it's normal it's wrestling isn't it it's like I can't help it 
I'm not gay, all right? I'm not gay. I'm not, it's fine. If you're gay, just don't get it near me. Don't put it in, in me. He'd love it. Physical activity, yeah. getting stuck in. Imagine. He'd love it. Your little Todger getting a little bit of a stiffy. <laughs> um, all right. Case or Engineer Al, one of the two. Um, Shea Roosh, uh, Mark Sheeran. My mate, he says, uh, the year is 2020, Tottenham have just done the treble, which United uh, which United did in 99, Sol Campbell is our manager, what the fuck, what do you do, will you have stood by your team with him in charge, or does the hatred for one man override your love for the club, fuck. That's a really difficult question. That is a really hard question. <clears throat> um, if Spurs hired him as a manager, I don't think I'd watch. Um, I, I mean... Um, so I, I, that's the first time I've read it. Uh, that I, I hadn't read that question before we started recording. I mean, yeah, no, that wouldn't. I couldn't watch. I couldn't. I, I would have to turn off because you would start the season as Sol Campbell, your manager, yeah, and then you would just have to deal with that until it got to May, and then you started winning yeah. things. But you would have had fucking six months of him in charge. It's, it's really difficult. It would be like the equivalent of it would like a, a man who used to knock your mum around, right? And then your mum takes him back because he's changed and that he wants to put on a, a big Christmas dinner. Would you go? No. No, I wouldn't because he still knocks you around. No matter what he did, he knocked your mum around. Yeah. To me, mentally, that's what, that's what Campbell did to me. So fuck you, um, Mark, for making us think about this. But also... No way. I mean, it wouldn't be Tottenham. You could, he just couldn't do it. It wouldn't be my house if that man come back to it. No way. I Fuck him. You know what? I'd be, I'd be happy on a level that we've won the treble, but oh, it'd be fucking horrible. Him as our manager. But it's like, it, it's like, it's like you give up. You give up who you are and what's right for success. But we, we've had, Would you we've s- had that on a, on a smaller scale where with, we, with George Graham. With George Graham. We won a cup under George Graham, and I don't know. I, I didn't celebrate that as much as '91 um, or when we won the Carling Cup, but I Did still I, celebrated it. I celebrated, and my cock was out in the middle of a pub, so I celebrated it. But I, um, I didn't really at the time didn't really care. I didn't care that Graham, uh, Graham was. We were we were really shit though. And so I was I didn't and remember. I was young. I was I was I was quite young. I was like 15, 16, Didn't really think about football. The only, only thing that I associate with football is going out with my brothers and getting pissed. It weren't really much more than that. But then, just being devil's advocate, what what if Campbell did come back, and then he we forgave him, and then he did something amazing? Is he is he not is as a on a human on a human level? Can he not be allowed to try and earn forgiveness? There's another way to look at it. Would you would you, for, you would you forgive the man who beat up your mum? No. There's some things that are unforgivable. Yeah. Okay, I was just putting it out there. I think it, I think it's fairly unforgivable what what he did. Okay. And um, the thing is, um, the club were, were to blame too for for what he did because he shouldn't have let him on his contract and all the rest of it. But the fact he's just been unrepentant ever since. It's not like said, you know what, I did you guys wrong. Yeah. I mean, if he said so, I still think it's a cunt, but I still think, well, you've made a mistake. But he's yeah, unrepentant. Uh, even, I would never, I'd never forgive him, but I'd think more softly about him if he'd come back and say, look, do you know what? I was young, because he, you know, how old was he? 27. Was he 27 when he left? Yeah. Really? Was he old? Yeah. Um, I was young, I kind of, I, I was desperate for glory, and I loved all the money. Um, and then I'd think, all right, look, Whatever, it's fine. Just 
it's not Just fine, but off. you know, fuck off, yeah. Never, never darken our door again. But um, yeah, he, he has had no sort of responsibility at all. He's he's a he's a true psychopath in the fact that he just purely associated all of it, or, or attributed his decision to the fact that the, the world class players are playing at Highbury at the time. Um, but no, not absolutely not. I wouldn't want him anywhere near. Not for all of the trophies under the sun. That's my feeling. I'm with you. All right. It's not going to happen, so we can all say that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chelsea's first eleven. The team that started against Woolwich have missed two games between them from injury all season in the league. Matic and Hazard uh, missed a game each with knocks. Also, they haven't had any European football mm-hmm. to play with, um, and they have a fucking truly supreme coach and a very likable coach, which is frustrating because I look at content, I think I, f- I like him. I, I met, like him. I, I, genuinely I him. do. What? I met him in a restaurant. When? This, in January. Oh, okay, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, in January, and he seemed very nice. That The moment when he went and celebrated and dived into the crowd was the moment I fully, truly fell in love with him. I genuinely love him. Barbardi hates him, he's keeping very um, Why? Why? I'm just are dumb. You I'm, your t- you're an Italian team. Not really, but I'm just dumb. Who, who are they? Fiorentina. Uh, more Fiorentina than yeah. Juve. I love Juve because of Buffon, but I'm kind of done with Conte and he's running into the crowd and celebrating. Enough's enough. You know, it's, it's, what, has he done it before? Fucking all the time. He's overplaying it. it. And even Klopp as well. These two dickheads, you know, have a bit of fucking respect, decorum about yourself. Decorum. You know? Uh, Klopp, I get. I get. I, I, Klopp irritates me immeasurably. But Conte, and, and he's very magnanimous in defeat as well. Conte. Conte, yeah. Yeah, well, he doesn't lose very often, so he's, he's got that. It's true. So it's easy to be when you're 10 points clear. I. I like Conte. I wasn't a fan of him with what he did with Italy. He did. He had an amazing Euros, but I think his stubbornness kind of hindered hindered Italy a lot. Mm. And the fact he's gone to Chelsea, I can understand why he went to Chelsea. But I think it's too much now. Stop with the fucking jumping in the crowd. When you know, there's got to be a level <coughs> when when you do something amazing, then I understand you can lose your shit. But you just scoring a fucking goal against West Brom or something, and then you're running down the touchline like you're Mourinho at Old Trafford. Enough. I would say that you have seen him much more than me, and maybe with further exposure, I'll get irritated. Yeah. But the question was, how do you think we'd have done, done in the league if we had our first 11 every game, apart from, say, Ali Amanyama missing a game each? Very well. Very, very well. I'd say we'd be if we, closer to If we employed the 3-4-3 or the 3 4 whatever the fuck you call it, from the start of the season, if our strongest 11 available... Then yeah, probably would have lost maybe one or two games all season. But, but you, you learn and adapt from mistakes. Oh, no, of you course, have, you have to go through those mistakes in order to learn and, and develop. But this is a hypothetical and situation. A, yeah, but and as fans, we we accept we should accept when when mistakes happen and poor form uh, and patches of poor form happen. As long as there is a reaction and, and, and you fix things, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, um, I mean, but yeah, Chelsea have been lucky and they don't have any football. They've got no football to play com- comparatively. I think. Us and Arsenal, the only teams have qualified for Europe every season for the last 10, 15 years. Have so we qualified for Europe every year for 10 years? No, but I'm trying to think. Liverpool have missed out on Europe. Yeah. Chelsea have. Since have 2006, have we not, not qualified? Oh, fuck. There was one year, Red and that's first year. One year, though. And that's the yeah. year we qualified, we were in the top four. The following year was the year we got top four. OK. But we've got an amazing record qualifying and, for Europe. And Red actually, uh, Redknapp actually, in that season, didn't, Take the Europa Europa League at all? Seriously. No, we didn't. No, we played Shakhtar Donetsk, and I think we lost. Yeah, well, we played uh, Shamrock Rovers as well. I think we played. No, another year. Oh, was it? Oh, well, whatever. Yeah. I mean, we know that Ridnup didn't value it. 
But nothing, you know, there's a lot... I mean, we're very, very consistent. We know we're always there or thereabouts. And now we're at another level, which I think is definitely progress. I mean, I've probably... We've probably played the most Europa League games without ever winning the fucking thing. Mm. If you think about all the other teams that have been in it, we're constantly in this competition. How, do, do you know how Seville have managed to consistently finish in the top four or five and win it four or five times? Well, the, last year, that was their kind of way back into the Champions League. So they kind of like, they focus on it. They know that they're not really going to finish, they're definitely not going to finish top three in Spain. So Europa, Europa League is their kind of chance to do something. So they prioritise that over the league? Or I, they... I, th- I mean, I'm not an expert in Spanish yeah. football, but I get that impression that for them, Europa League is more important than their league campaign because where are they going to go? Yeah, they're not going to finish above Barcelona or Real Madrid. Or Atletico. Yeah, so you've so. got three teams, so they've got one space to fight for. And last season, winning that competition was their best chance of glory. All right, that last question came from Modric, TF, THFC on Reddit. That's been it from the, the Fighting Cop podcast this week. We're a little bit hungover. Well, I feel fine, but you guys are a little bit sheepish. I feel dreadful. You feel dreadful, dear. And we've got uh, Valentine's Day tomorrow. Yeah, thankfully I'm not going out for that, but that's fine. Yeah, and uh, my missus lives in Wiltshire, so I don't have to do anything other than send red roses. But I'd happily be with her to give it a dick. <laughs> <laughs> if she wanted to. I'm not, I'm not here tomorrow. I fly tomorrow morning, so I've got to go What by. the fuck? Have you never... I've never... Like, one minute, right? One, when we knew Buddy, I'd, I'd do a little bit of comms for a certain massive, you know, company in the UK... And that, he gets a little promotion. Now he's never a fucking. In- I'm, I'm on a training course this week. It's called the Seven Habits, the Seven Habits to Improve Your Efficiency. It's a three day fucking thing. Where in Stockholm? And Why is it in Stockholm? I don't know because that's where it is. You and just I've go got, over there and just like, fucking like get to experience all of these amazing things. It's fucking cold, man. You come back oh, from Washington. That's what happens when you're a big fucking player. Yes, right, mate. That's <laughs> it. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm talking about. Own it. So I'm, Own I'm the, what you should have said is that you, you lot have got to work harder to be a big dog like me. Exactly. But there's this thing I've got to hold a talking stick. So you can't talk unless, you're holding, talk? This, unless you're holding the stick, apparently. It's, um, <laughs> it's like it's Lord, of, course, Lord of the Flies with uh, like the conch. Yeah. <laughs> you're at Lord of the Flies. Yeah. I've never seen it. It's a fucking the, book. Or the book. It's a film it as well. It is a film, to be fair. You've got to hold the films. big shell. If you're holding the shell, that means you're the big dog and you can talk. I'm trying to start reading again, though, so mm. I'm up on that list. I've, uh, in my bag, I've got two books. I've got um, Common Sense by Thomas Paine. And I've got uh, The Art of War. By Sun Tzu. Yeah. Isn't that like a thousand pages long? Definitely a condensed version. Of that. <laughs> but I'm, I'm ready to, to you know... End people. <laughs> I've no tactics now. So if anyone wants to come at me, it won't be a, a conventional fight. <laughs> That's what Spurs have got to read. There'll be though. fire pits, yeah. grenades, shit, all kinds of kind. <laughs> anyway, uh, this has been the Fighting Cop podcast. Thank you, for everybody who's listened to this, who came to the, the live show. Thank you so much. Honestly, it's a, a lovely, lovely, lovely thing. Um, we're going to be putting together new t-shirts, mugs. We're going to do mugs. Yes. Yeah, mug, mug sounds good. Love a mug. Do you, would you? Yeah. Anything else? What, you, what else should we put shit on that we can sell? Fucking beer can holders. Oh, yeah, yeah, what you brought along? What was it? A Trump one. But just to demonstrate that how easy it is to make them. So, like a beer holder that what, was, keeps your beer cold and it also stops your hand from getting cold from holding a cold can. Does that just demonstrate kind of pussiness? No. Hold a, boy, hold keeps, a cold bag. Keeps your can it cold. It looks like well. drinks out of cans anyway. Well, everyone at the live show. 
What does that? Everyone that goes to Bell and Hair. Anywhere else? Do you want me to list? Yeah, shut your mouth, Dean. <laughs> um, yeah, there's lots of other stuff coming out. Uh, fanzine, we're, we're moving on. Yes. Um, so, yeah, lots of good stuff coming out of the fighting cock at the moment. Um, and we've got lots of plans about different types of um, special podcasts that are going to come in the future. Basically, we're switching on. The fighting cock is switching on. Yeah. And if you like what we've done in, in in the past five and a half years, then you're going to fucking love it in the next year. Love or two. it. Three years, maybe, from now. But you'll eventually you will love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, T. Thank you, buddy. Cheers. T. What? Uh, the toilet's fucked. You can have a piss, but don't poo. Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.